What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings Podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings Show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am uh, pleased to be joined with uh, the ever-positive at Marcus underscore Mosher. Hello, sir. Hey, Elliot. How you doing? Well, I, I like my log on. It says Elliot Harrison, and your log on says I hate football. It's going to be one of those shows today, isn't it? Listen, here's the thing. Every outcome that I was rooting for this weekend didn't happen. So it was just a depressing week of football. That's all. Yeah. And when when Marcus has a depressing week of football, he calls me during the second half of Monday Night Football and just whines the entire time. And when I tell him to think about the abundance he has in his life, he starts going off about the Cowboys' interior defensive line or about how this guy could have gotten hurt or – Carl Cheffers, or yeah, who had also had a bad day on Sunday. The Texans Chiefs game was terrific because of him. But all right, uh, all right. let's let's Sounds do some great. power rankings, can we? Yeah. Well, first we had a game tonight. The uh, Packers right. beat the Rams. Yeah, Marcus, that was one of the games. He didn't like the outcome. Um, there's not much to say about this game. The Packers were pretty much in control the whole game. I think it was 15 degrees at game time. It climbed to 16 degrees. Made it tough to throw the ball. Um, the Packers were up at halftime, and then the first two drives of the second half, they scored touchdowns. That put them up 24-6, to six, I think. And mm-hmm. it was just difficult for the Rams to get anything going. Baker Mayfield was okay at best. Fine. Um, yeah, it's fine. It, it, again, a tough weather game. A game where the running game was employed a lot. Uh, final, I think, was 24-12. to 12. Mm-hmm. Green Bay missed out getting a touchdown at the very end because Christian Watson didn't know the play that Aaron Rodgers wanted to run, and that pretty much catches you up. They did have an injury in the game. If you uh, play fantasy or if you're just uh, kind of keeping track of the offensive leaders, A.J. Dillon had a couple of rushing touchdowns but left the game with a concussion. That's the only major injury I saw. Yep. I don't uh, think anything else really happened. Uh, the Rams center, Brian Allen, got hurt in the first play of the game. Uh, I think he has a calf injury, but the Rams are so far out of it. They were actually officially eliminated from playoff contention today, but we knew that. Yeah, yeah the ago. Packers – yeah, meanwhile, the Packers are 6-8, and eight, and they control their own destiny. Of course, the big one will be – Kind the of. They, they need to have a few other games go their way, but for the most part, yes, they do. Well, if they – that's uh, – if they beat, if they went out and they beat Detroit, it would be hard to see any way they don't make it. Right. But it also depends on what Washington and the Giants kind of do the rest of the way, right? Because those teams are both, again, they are ahead of them. up on them. Yeah. 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 For, for now. For now. For now. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Green Bay, though, is in really good position. Let's just put it that way. To make uh, a run. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Of course, the key game will be. Detroit in Green Bay, the last game of the season, last Sunday of the season. Now, Detroit did beat Green Bay earlier this year. Uh, that was in Detroit, and that game was because of, if I recall, red zone turnovers by the mm-hmm. Packers. Really? Uh, so that's that. Uh, anything you want to mention about the game tonight other than the fact you hated the outcome? No, it was a, kind of a boring Monday night football game. I enjoyed it, but. I'm in a little bit. How's that for hard hitting analysis, right? 
Yeah, really. No kidding. With, listen, here's the truth. We had so many other good games this weekend starting on Saturday. All three games on Saturday were fun. We had a good Sunday night game last night. We had some really fun 1 o'clock games. This was just, and we knew it kind of going into the week. It just was yeah. whatever. It's fine. Yeah, so you you really aren't selling me at all. Like, I know exactly how you feel about this football weekend. And even when you try to sound positive, you don't. You don't sound positive <laughs> at all. I mean, I'm not. I do. Do you want me to fake it for you? <laughs> no. Okay. You know, I I missed the Colts Vikings game this weekend, and so I rewatched it at a sports bar Saturday night because NFL Network reran it. So I just watched the game on replay, and that was ridiculous. Absolutely, I didn't believe Marcus called me to tell me what happened because I missed the game and I couldn't believe I missed it. And then I just rewatched the whole doggone thing and rewatching it. But I will say, I will say the Colts got hosed. That was a bad spot on the Matt Ryan quarterback sneak. That's a yeah. I don't know how spot. they didn't give him the first down there. That, that one was curious. And that was a huge play. Uh, just saying. Anyway, let's get to the power rankings. We got a lot of teams to talk about here. Um, we're going to talk about every game except for one this weekend. So let's just get started here at number 32. Uh, this may or may not surprise you, but the Houston Texans are not 32 on my oh, list. Get Would out you of like here. to get or not? Here. Would you like to venture a guess who's 32? I have, I have no idea. Indianapolis. If the Houston Texans played the Arizona Cardinals right oh, now on a neutral field, I think Houston would win at least seven times. Ten, if they played ten times on a neutral field. Okay. Kyler Murray's out. Colt McCoy's out. They look awful regardless. The whole organization's in turmoil. What am I missing? I mean, they're not good. If you're making me make the case that Arizona's good, it's it's just not the case, but... <laughs> They've been in a lot of games. I, Houston's only been in a few. Well, uh, that may be true from earlier in the year, but the last several weeks, uh, I, I don't think there's any question. I, I don't. It, let's put it this way: if the, if these two teams are playing tomorrow, what would the Vegas odds on this game be? I guarantee you, the Texans would be favored, and my guess is they'd be favored by like four and a half. Uh, but that's my thought. Okay, uh, thirty-one. I have Houston. I told you you need to eat a little bit of crow on this. Just a little bit. Just a little. That's fair. Lovey Smith has his team playing really hard against two quality teams in the, in the Cowboys and Chiefs. So give him credit for that. But he screwed up the end game, didn't he? Yeah, he did. In both times. <laughs> oh, the Texans. The poor Texans. Man, oh, man. Would have been nice to steal that win at home. They weren't able to do it. Uh, nor were the Colts able to steal a, a road win. They're my number 30 team, Marcus. This is a devastating loss for this group, and now they're going to shut down Jonathan Taylor for the rest of the year. What more can you say about this group? Get ready to watch the Colts more in primetime. we got a Monday night football game <laughs> with them next week. You know, if you, if you are already hating, hate watching the Colts, get ready to do it more. I'd really like a rematch, you know, we don't when teams are outside of uh, their you know the division they don't play each other twice but I sure would like a Colts at Broncos again that would be sweet. Remember when we both thought that we we thought hey maybe these teams have a chance to get in the playoffs. Nope. nope. Yeah, which leads me to number twenty nine. It's the Broncos. They won this week. They beat the Cardinals uh, because of their defense. As Marcus 
right before the show started. What did you think of Brett Rippon? Marcus says he sucks. There is nothing else. There was no more to that sentence. Uh, nope. Anything else you'd like to add about the Broncos? Uh, I mean, Justin Simmons had a monster day. This is the best I've seen him play all season long. He had two interceptions uh, all over the field. That defense is legitimately good. It's just it's too bad the offense has been so poor this season. I feel a, a little bad for putting this next team where I have them because they really played hard this week, but they're just not putting together wins. I've got the Bears at 28. Man, they're close too. Like they went toe to toe with the the Eagles for three and a half quarters, and that was without Darnell Mooney, without Chase Claypool, without their number one tight end, without their right tackle. Fields is good, um, but the rest of this team is not. The Rams are at twenty seven. They played tonight. They're kind of similar to the Bears. They've stayed in games. They were kind of in this game tonight. They're playing without. Aaron Donald, they're playing without Cooper Cup. They're playing without Matt Stafford. They're literally playing without their three best players, period. Um, and they've got a quarterback that's been there for a little over a week. And it's one thing to beat the Raiders at home uh, on short notice. It's another thing to then go and play the Packers in 15-degree weather. Um, anything else you want to add on the Rams? Here's the the amount of points the Rams have scored over the last eight games. Ready? 14, 13, 17, 20, 10, 23, 16, 12. Sorry, 17, 12. You know, I'll say this for them. They're not getting blown out by anybody, though. You know, they're they're, they're still playing. They're still showing up, suiting up. And they're not – no one's beating them 50 to 10 out there. Uh, or like the second half of the Colts Cowboys game, for example, um, a couple of hey, weeks ago. That's that's not happening to them. One of the uh, so we only have three games on Christmas Day this year. Uh, one mm-hmm. of them is actually pretty good. But Rams Broncos, how excited are you to watch that on Christmas Day? Oh man, I can't wait. That is going to be so awesome. Watch some three yard Cam Akers runs, figgy pudding, right? <laughs> yeah. Watch uh, Brett Ripman's game all the yeah. way through. Maybe I'll watch some Mark Rippon highlights uh, while I'm at it. At number 26, I've got the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, They started Desmond Ritter, finally uh, gave him a chance to play. They were not able to come up with a win. What would you think of Ritter this weekend? Uh, He was terrible. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Marcus is in a really great spot. I mean, uh, he averaged, averaged three yards per drop back in this game. Yeah, those are those are really sterling numbers. Uh, Falcons aren't going anywhere. They've been in it all year, but they're not going anywhere. But the the other team in the South that I thought maybe could could win the division lost at home to Pittsburgh. The Carolina Panthers. I was surprised by this loss. I wasn't because I predicted it on our show on Wednesday. But Panthers did yeah, not have did. a. Go ahead. <laughs> you did that because that's your little thing. You like well, I also. This Panthers team is good. Like I, I think people forgot. Like they got excited about them potentially winning the division, and then we got to remember this team is not good. Elliot, they did not run for a first down all game long, not a single one. They were held to one point three yards per carry against Pittsburgh. Uh, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. Uh, the only NFC South team to win this week is my number 24th team. So I just went three back-to-back NFC South teams. And don't worry, we're going to get to the fourth <laughs> very, very soon. Uh, I got the New Orleans Saints, man, at 24. Yeah, so here are the big-time players for the uh, the Saints. Uh, Rashad, uh, Rashad Shahid 
had 95 yards and a touchdown. Jaywan Johnson had 67 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, a guy by the name of Adam Prentice had a catch, and Taysom Hill had a 68-yard touchdown throw. Hey, if you're in a 2018, if you're in a 2018 league, Adam Prentice really, really helped you in your fantasy league this uh, this week. At 23, the team that beat Carolina, I've got Pittsburgh. I might be a little low on Pittsburgh. I still don't think they're a very good football team. Marcus, am, am I being too hard on them at 23? Maybe a little bit. I think they're a little bit better than this. Their defense has played well over the last couple of weeks outside of some bad run defense against Baltimore. Um, I, I'm already tired of hearing about the immaculate reception from 50 years ago. I, I can't I, – I don't know if I can stomach it the broadcast doing it all game long with the Raiders and the Steelers on Saturday. I just love the NFL network is celebrating the 50th anniversary. They're just showing a Steelers Raiders game. You know, they don't do any history content worth anyway. Sorry. Uh, I, it's just so dumb. Like, yeah, we're celebrating. They're wearing the throwback uniforms though. Okay. That's great. Yay. Two, four, six, eight. Yay. Uh, okay. Number 22. I've got the Tampa Bay bucks. They came out. They looked pretty good in the first half and, the Bengals dominated the second half of that game. Were they up 17 to nothing at one 17 point? 17 to zero. Game? Yep. Going into late part of the second quarter. Yep. All right. So I've got uh, three questions for you about the Bucks here. First one is how bad was this game for this team? Number two, how do you feel about the gray unis? And number three, I can't remember. So let's go with the first two. <sighs> I thought Brady played really well. And that's the the weird thing about this Tampa team is I thought Brady is still playing relatively well this season. It's just everybody else. Like Mike Evans looks so slow. Godwin has been fine. They can't really run the ball. They get dumb penalties when they don't need it. And then worst of all, Todd Bowles is just so allergic to making gutsy calls. Like they're punting on fourth and one all the time. But I did like the uniform, so they got that going for them. My, I did remember my third question. Are, is this the NFC South champ at the end of the day? Yeah, yeah. You think so? Because okay. they probably only need to win one more game to to go what? They go seven and ten. They're probably getting yeah. in. I mean, the big game in the South is definitely the game a few weeks ago when the Bucks came back against the Saints because they've swept the Saints yeah. uh, this yeah. year. They beat. They beat the Saints in New Orleans way back in, like, I want to say September or mm-hmm. early October. Uh, at 21, I've got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, they're coming off a huge win against the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, a lot of things I could say about the Jags, um, but I, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I didn't watch the game, so I can't really comment on it. I was just looking at the box score. Trevor Lawrence played really well, 318 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. I thought, he, you know, again, looking at the box score, he was really good. Let me tell you something, man. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I heard someone say he had swag today because he has long hair. And I'm like, I don't think Trevor Lawrence has any swag uh, to him. I think he's just like a blue collar dude that wants to win. He happens to have long hair. It's very similar to Justin Herbert that way, right? Yeah. he And I tell you, I, I may not be the only person saying this, but I watched every play of this game. Trevor Lawrence is a superstar in the making. He really is. And I'm not just talking about this game. He's had several drives. We've talked about it on this podcast. 
he has, I've watched him ascend and I really, I think Trevor Lawrence may end up being better than Herbert or Burrow. I really do because of the skill set that he has. I, he's not there yet. Granted, uh, Doug Peterson ended up being the a great hire for this team as well. Huge win for that group. And Marcus, they could still win the AFC South. At number 20, a team that's still alive uh, got a big win on Saturday, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, and I mean, they're going to need a lot of help to get into the playoffs. Let's, let's just be clear about that. But they're, they're probably going to be favored in their next three games against the Saints, against the Commanders, against the Steelers. I would like to see this Browns team finish the year at nine and eight and have some positive momentum going into next year. And I think I've changed my defense of the player of the year rankings. Uh, I've got miles Garrett now ahead of Micah, but I think I have sauce Gardner ahead of miles Garrett. So uh, my one and two are still the same. I've got, uh, you know, Max Crosby and uh, Bosa for the 49ers at number one, but just going to point that out. Uh, number 19, I've got the Seattle Seahawks. I think it's looking, uh, it's the midnight hour for this team, man. They, they had the loss on Thursday night. Um, you know, they own the tiebreaker with the lions, but their record's probably just not going to be good enough. Uh, the giants winning wasn't helpful. Yep. I, I think they're going to be on the outside looking in. So they're seven and seven. They need to win at least two of their next three games. They play at Kansas city home against the jets home against the Rams. The Rams game, very winnable. The other two, it's going to be tough. Not to say they can't do it, but they need to start playing better. And I would just say, too, that I don't think the Rams are just going to lay down for them no. in that last week either. Absolutely so not. they could lose all three of those games, quite frankly. Uh, but I think they could easily lose two out of the three. The Jets won's the big one, right? You win that game, all of a sudden, it, I, I would think that that final game of the year would be like a um, kind of like a loser leaves town, right? Like a win and get in game for Seattle. I kind of hope that's the case. Problem is the Jets will be coming off of 10 days rest because they play Thursday against the Jags. Mike White might be ready for that game against Seattle. The Jets have been better with Mike White than they have with Zach Wilson. I don't think that's even debatable. Seattle's defense is very hit or miss. That's putting it politely. I don't see them beating the Jets personally, but uh, that's that. Uh, number 18, I got the Raiders. If there's any team that escaped this week, it was the Raiders. But here they are, still competitive. Uh, what were your takeaways against the Patriots, other than the ridiculous Chandler Jones play? One of the top five stiff arms in NFL history, though, I will say. This Raiders season is just so odd, right? If a couple of yeah. things go their way, right? If they just beat the Rams and don't give up a 99-yard touchdown drive, if they if they beat the Colts in their first game with Jeff Saturday, if they don't give up a 20 to 0 lead against Jacksonville, this team the very well game. have like 9 or 10 but wins. The Cardinal right now, game. Right? Yeah. Yeah, what, what what was the Cardinal game in the fourth yeah, quarter? Cardinal game week 2, they were up 20 to 0 in the fourth quarter and lost. Jeez Louise. It's one uh, of those seasons that's been so odd for them. They were up 17-0 against the, the Chiefs. Remember in that game, Devontae Adams caught a pass in the sideline with a chance to win the game, and he didn't end up getting his toe down, and yeah. they lost. So, like, it's just – I have no idea what to think about this Raiders team. Nothing. It's, it's wild. Even this – particular game against the Patriots. Yeah, they ended up winning, but they had a lead. And then Derek Carr throws a terrible interception, I think, to Kyle Duggar. I'm trying to remember Yeah, they were up 17-0 in this game against the Patriots. And the Patriots came back, took a 24-17 lead, and then the Raiders find a way to win it in regulation. 
And they got a very controversial touchdown to Keelan Cole on the uh, – did you think that was a touchdown? At the time when they were showing the replays, I thought it looked like clear as day to me that his foot was out of bounds, right? Yeah. Uh, but I did see it, another angle today. Uh, they made it look pretty clear that his foot was in bounds. So. Yeah, it's about as close as you can possibly get. Either way, it was a great throw and catch uh, there at the end. But that play – Kind of means nothing after the Jacoby Myers play. I mean, geez, Louise, it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, 17, I've got the team we saw tonight, the Green Bay Packers. I could put them higher, but, you know, Green Bay is still not impressive on offense. Their passing game is still out of sync, at least to my eyes. Uh, their running game looks pretty good, but A.J. Dillon lost, left the game uh, in concussion protocol. Um, so, really, I think it's going a lot of this is going to be on their defense, Marcus, and their defense has been so inconsistent all year. Even in this game, like they had drives, they looked awesome. And then they had drives where guys are running wide open. They can't stop the run. I think people are just penciling in them to to get to this Lions game and have that be the game that decides whether they get to the playoffs or not. If they play like, like this against Miami next week, they are going to get blown off the field. They will. That's that's exactly right. A team that actually played really well this week, but they lost again, and they are on a downward trend, at least in the standings. But – they played pretty well are the Tennessee Titans at number 16. Their defense really balled in this game. It took an amazing pitch and catch play from Justin Herbert to Mike Williams. Mm-hmm. Really schoolyard ball kind of play at the end of the game. Um, I was impressed with the Titans' effort this week, even though they lost. Me too, but their passing game is just so bad this year. Their leading receivers in this game were Derrick Henry and Arconquo, a rookie backup tight end. I mean, they have no explosive playmakers at all in the passing game. I'm worried about them not making the playoffs now. Did you evaluate him with a box of cheese puffs with some friends and one of your little day three tight end uh, parties? He did. He was from Maryland. I really liked the way that he could make plays after the catch. Uh, Not a refined route runner. But, yeah, I think that was the day we had donuts, actually. So I went with yes. the cream filled, the chocolate cream filled. Very good. You can't do the cream filled. Just, you know, whatever happened to just double chocolate, you know, just chocolate cake with chocolate frosting. Why do you have to have cream and everything? Well, no, this is a donut though. It's one of the ones that it has the, it's like the chocolate icing with the vanilla cream in the middle, the buttercream. Yeah. It's disgusting. That's totally great. disgusting. I mean, I don't know what kind uh, of donuts you guys have out in California, but we have good fat oh. ones here. You know, I'm going to tell you what we have out in California as soon as we're uh, done with these here rankings. Uh, Number 15, I don't know why I said it like that, Washington Commanders, who lost, legitimately lost Sunday night. I think the Giants played better than the Commanders did. But you want to – I hear so much complaining by Cowboys fans about the officiating all the time. I've never seen a Cowboy game go go down like this Washington game did. The last two calls that went against Washington, the, the illegal formation where the receiver, Terry McLaurin, literally checks with the ref to make sure that he's lined up fine. And the ref's got his hand on the flag. Then Curtis Samuel's got the defender's arms are on both of his shoulder pads, restricting him from catching the ball. I was a little bit ticked at the end of this game, but uh, the commanders lost their 15. They had two weeks to prepare for this game. And actually, it's really three because their previous game was against the Giants. This is at home, and you score only 12 points. I I, I was kind of disappointed with the way their offense played. Yeah, Heineke didn't play great. Their offensive line did not play well. 
no. if you watch this game, they're running the ball in the backfield. They were running the ball. Um, well, we'll get, why don't we just go right to 14, the New York Giants. Uh, I thought the strip sack play by Thibodeau was so impressive and really the play of the game in this game. It, could have put, it put the pressure on Washington in what was really a defensive struggle. Uh, this guy has a chance to be special. Yeah, there's an article that's out today for PFF about Kayvon Thibodeau and his rise to stardom in the NFL. I suggest that you check it out because I agree with you. I think he's he's got a chance to be really, really good. That's so the, the guy that wrote that article, was he like a real baby all weekend about everything else oh, that yeah. happens? Yeah. 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 Because he's soft. <laughs> Whoa, just calling out your this great PFF writer. Uh, yeah. So the Giants at 14, by the way, huge win for the Giants. Oh, I mean, yeah. th- th- this was the game of their season. Remember the Giants lost to Detroit a couple of weeks ago. They lost to Washington a couple of weeks ago. These are the main teams that they are competing against for the wild card. That tie though, is going to throw everything off. Man. Uh, and on this case, I think it helps them because I don't know if they get in at eight, eight and one, but if they win one more game and they're nine, five and one, I guess it'd be nine, six and one. I think they get in. Yeah. Remaining games at Vikings, home against the Colts, at the Eagles, who might not have anything to play for by then. Right, and I misspoke. I said they lost to Washington in the very next sentence. I talked about the tie. They tied Washington, tied Washington. in New York. Yeah. They didn't lose, but they did lose to Detroit at home. And they lost at Seattle as well earlier in the year. They've really not done well against their fellow wildcard teams. They also got our wildcard kind of uh, on the bubble teams. They also got swept by the Cowboys this year who they were also, in theory, were competing with for a wild-card spot. Dallas has since clinched because the Giants won. Mm. Uh, at number 12, now, this is where it gets a little interesting. This team's got a really good record, but I I just can't get behind these guys. I bet you know who I'm talking about. It's the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> it is. I mean, were you were you impressed with anything against the Browns? They ran the ball really well, so I will give them credit for that. And I think the they defense, always run the ball well. I know, and the defense I did think played really well. They just had when they have Tyler Huntley in the game, their passing attack is so limited, more than usual. Justin Tucker missed a field goal; he had another one blocked. It was just a strange game. I think once Lamar comes back, whether that's this week or next week, they'll be fine. You know, I still I, has it, I still think they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I don't, but I hesitate to say their defense played well because I still don't know what to think about the Browns' offense. Since Deshaun Watson has been under center, they just have looked very meh at best. To be fair, they've only allowed 27 combined points in their last three games. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, Number 12, a team very similar, I think, to Baltimore in a sense that their defense keeps them in games. Uh, the quarterback issue is one which really the guy that should be playing isn't playing because of injury. Uh, that's Mike White and the Jets. He didn't play this week. Zach Wilson did. Zach Wilson really didn't play very well. His coach after the game, Robert Sala, kind of kind of took up for him a little bit. Zach Wilson did make a big-time play at the end of the game to get him in position for a game-tying field goal. But all in all, he's still struggling. Yes, I will say, I think this is probably Zach Wilson's best game of the season, which is kind of ironic that he plays well and the team loses. But if he if he were to play like that for the rest of the season or 
whenever he's in there. I, I think the Jets would be willing to stick with him like because they can win with that version of Zach Wilson. Okay. It's one thing to say a guy's played better than he previously had, and they have a talented enough supporting cast to win. I don't know I'd go so far as to say he played well. Uh, I think he played well on a sliding Zach Wilson scale. I think he was fine. I think he was fine. I, to be <laughs> which, honest, I which is the Marcus I, kiss of death. I think he played. I think he outplayed Jared Goff. Yeah, but Jared Goff made the play at the end of the game that they needed. Uh, Jared Goff has not played well on the road this year. Admittedly, I think that was his fourth touchdown pass the entire year on the road. So the Lions still uh, worry me as a road team. And they've got some road games left on their schedule, including the Green Bay game that we already talked about. Speaking of the Lions, I have them at number 11. I got to give them credit, though, too, man. They did go to the East Coast and got a big win that they had to have. These aren't the same old Lions. I think we can at least say that. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. They've won 6 out of 7 with their only loss being to the Bills on Thanksgiving. Uh, I agree. And now they've got some very winnable games coming up uh, at the Panthers home against the bears. I think these are the games that will learn a lot about the lions, yeah. right? Like it's nice to beat the jets. It's nice to beat the Vikings, but what do you do when you're supposed to win games and you're supposed mm-hmm. to win a road game and you're supposed to de- defeat a, a division rival at home? That's what I want to see from Campbell now. I think the really key game is the one that's at Carolina because I, I think they'll beat Chicago at home. But Detroit's been very good at home this year. It's on the road where they've struggled. Carolina can play tough under Steve Wilkes. And I think Green Bay could stumble. So if Green Bay stumbles and you go into Carolina, you win that game. Now you're two games in front of Green Bay. That last game is not going to matter. So uh, the only team the Lions don't have the tiebreaker with is Seattle. And like we said, Seattle's got a tough schedule coming up. Uh, At number 10, a team that blew the doors off Detroit a couple of months ago, the New England Patriots. They lost in the craziest way to the Raiders. I mean, it's one thing to lose like this. Uh, and if y'all didn't see the play, go YouTube it. it it's a tie game. And the Patriots start playing, uh, pitch the ball around. It's not something they called. I think they just uh, kind of, you know, schoolyard balled it and they lost the game because of it. But the situation that this team is in fighting for a wild card, it's awful. It is. Uh, do you have confidence they're going to make the playoffs? No, not after this loss. No, I no, thought I, they would win this game. This is a bad loss for, by doing that. Now their schedule is really difficult coming up. They still have a game against Buffalo. And again, frankly, I think that game is going to matter for Buffalo because they're going to need to get yep. the number one seed. Yep. Agreed. Uh, they yep. play home against the Bengals, home against the Dolphins, and then out Buffalo. Ugh. Ellie, there's a good chance they lose all three of those games. Yeah, I know. I it's just a devastating loss. Absolutely devastating. I don't know. I just want to know what Jacoby Myers is thinking. Uh man, oh man. Probably I think he just he got was. caught up in the I think he just got caught up in the moment and didn't realize, you know, hey, we're in a tie game here. At number nine, one of the teams you just talked about, the Miami Dolphins. I don't think they're as strong as you do. They played pretty well against Buffalo. They 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 had some chances in that game. I think really the key loss was not the Buffalo game, Marcus. I think the key loss for them was the Charger game the week before. Yeah, that's a tough one. They've lost three straight games. Now, all three of those games are against likely playoff teams at the 49ers, at the Chargers, at the Bills. So three three road games, and all three of those games are close. It's whatever. 
Again, yeah, now uh, you have a big – got a one you have to win. Home against Green Bay. Green Bay is on a short week. You've had, you know, two days rest advantage. You have to win this game if you're Miami. You bet. Let's talk about the Chargers' upcoming schedule. I've got them at number eight, man. Uh, they got a huge, huge, huge win this week after winning uh, against Miami. Uh, they beat the Titans this week. I think the Chargers are going to be in the playoffs. They're eight and six. But again, let's talk some schedule here. All right. So I think one win, which would get them to nine and eight, probably gets them in. Two, definitely. This is their schedule. At Indianapolis on Monday Night Football. Home against the Rams at the Broncos. They can win all three of those games. But see, this is so Chargers, right? They I know. Not only... Should they or can they? I think they they should win all three of those. But now, that Bronco game is in Denver, right? Because they played right. on Sunday night in L.A. earlier this year. Right. Now, that's the last game of the season. But the, the Colts and the Rams game, like, come on. If you want yeah. to be taken seriously, you just blow those teams out. I think they'll be 10-7. and seven. I totally see them losing the Broncos last week of the year. But I think the Chargers are going to be in the playoffs. Which actually makes my Super Bowl pick. I, I picked uh, this year the 49ers and Chargers in the Super Bowl. I thought it was looking horrible about two months ago. Now it's looking a little bit better. Really quickly, if you're the Chargers, who do you want to play in the first round of the playoffs? Let's say they do get in, as you mentioned, and they're a wild card team. Your options would be Bills, Chiefs, probably the Bengals. And I don't know if they can catch whoever the AFC South team is. I don't know if they're going to end up being the five seed. So it's probably Bengals, Bills, Chiefs. That's easy. Easy peasy for me. I want to play the Chiefs all day if I'm the Chargers. I, I, I know the personnel. We play them tough already. Um, now, who would – thinking about that, the 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 who's going to be the five? Who's going to be the strongest wild card in the AFC – that is up for grabs uh, just as much. The favorite for that spot right now is Baltimore. Baltimore, yep. If it's not Baltimore, it could be Miami, who the Chargers have a tiebreaker with. It could be the Jets, I guess, technically the Jets. And here's Baltimore's schedule, but... just to be clear. Uh, they play home against Atlanta, home against Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Yeah, uh, Baltimore's probably going to win 11 games, so, I, you know – if the Chargers only win two out of three, that'll put them at 10 wins. And Miami's only got eight wins. They'd have to win three straight. They're going to have a tough task going down the stretch. We don't even know how, if Miami's going to win two games going down the stretch. Um, Miami may not win one game going down the stretch. Don't oh, say my that. goodness. Don't say that. All right, I won't say that. Uh, number seven, a team I don't think either one of us thinks is particularly strong, but they've got a really nice record. If this was the power standings, they'd be right at the top. But the Minnesota Vikings um, – you know, they give them a lot of credit. They they came back and won that game on Saturday. That's great. I really think they got a lot of help from the refs in that game. Um, their point differential, all the key stats, they just don't look good. Do you trust Minnesota at all in the postseason tournament? I'm going to zag a little bit here. I kind of do, to be honest with you. Like, it is a skill to be able to win a lot of close games and to, to battle your way back. And I, I just wondered now if the players on the Vikings get the feeling like, hey, as long as this game is close in the fourth quarter, we're going to find a way to win because they've done it against, you know what, now the Colts. They did it against the Jets a couple weeks ago. They did it against the Patriots. They did it against the Bills. They did it against the Dolphins. 
Um, yeah, I, I just wonder if they've, they've got this feeling like we can beat anybody. Well, let me just say this. Right now, right now, it's looking like Dallas, New York, and Washington as right the wild cards right now. Minnesota is going to play the seven seed, most likely. Minnesota's offensive line against Washington's healthy defensive line with Chase Young, I'll take Washington. Minnesota plays Detroit. I think I might take Detroit. Detroit just beat Minnesota handily a couple weeks ago. Okay. The only other. In Detroit, just to be fair. Yeah, Detroit was winning by multiple scores until the fourth quarter. But you're right. They pulled out the the game in Minnesota earlier this year. Um, I mean, the Giants, that wouldn't bother me, them playing the Giants. But uh, if Minnesota had to play this week, by the way. Right. If Green Bay gets that seven spot, am I going to be confident about Minnesota beating Green Bay? I'm not. I'm not. Not if Aaron Rodgers is hot. Um, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't think it's a guarantee for, if you're Minnesota, who would you want to play the most? I'm guessing the giants, right? I would say the commanders. I'd rather play the giants than the commanders. Because the thing with Washington is they're just not going to put up more than 17 points in a game. And the giants are, I think the Giants have the potential to do a little bit more. I think their offense is a little harder to figure out than Washington's. Boy, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can agree with you I, there. I, I think they would be happy to see either of those teams, to be honest. I just think the advantage, whatever advantage the Giants offense has over Washington's, which if they do, it is minuscule. Washington's defensive advantage with the healthy Chase Young is much greater. Um, that's that's. Uh, in, I'm not in, sure. In comparison, I don't know if it's all that big of a differential anymore. With Thibodeau playing this well and Dexter Lawrence having a great year, I just think Chase Young's a great player. We just I, I haven't do. seen him. I, I every know. week it's okay. Chase Young's supposed to be back, and then he's not back. That's that's fair. That's fair. All right, number six. Uh, I've got the Dallas Cowboys. By the way, there's a huge gulf between five and six on the rankings. So this is a very weak six. Um, it's a lot you could say about the Cowboys. I'll just say for my part, um, people that are putting this game on Dak, that's wrong. Dak did not play well in the second half. But, you know, I'm not a Dak defender, but I put this game on the defense. And right now it's a heavily depleted defense. Mm-hmm. It's not the same Cowboys defense we saw earlier in the year because they don't have the same personnel. Um, but this Cowboys team looks like they're going to be 11 and six and one and done in the playoffs. Yeah. And I don't know if the loss itself to Jacksonville should really surprise anybody. Jacksonville just beat Baltimore a few weeks ago. Trevor Lawrence is playing really well. Jacksonville has been really competitive over the last month or so. Um I don't know, man. I, I think Jack, I think the name value makes it seem worse than what it is, but anybody who's watched Jackson for the last two months knows that this is a significantly better team than what they were early in the year. How about lining up DeMarcus Lawrence inside, because you're not getting any interior pressure with your tackles, putting Sam Williams at the other edge with Micah and blitzing a little bit more and helping your secondary out. Yeah, it's a little bit risky, but you can't keep letting teams carve you up. And if you're going to have Joseph out there playing corner, you need to have pressure. Yep. I agree. 
Uh, number five, like I said, there's a huge gulf between five and six. The top five teams are in their own class here. I've got the 49ers at five. I wanted to move them up even higher. I'm I'm still kind of holding back because they're playing a third-string quarterback right now, and they still don't have Elijah Mitchell back. They still don't have Debo Samuel back. Am I too low on the Niners? Maybe, but we're in the we're in the tier of teams now that we think could legitimately win the Super Bowl. So there's just not a big difference between teams one through five, um, and even really one through six here. But uh, no, I think the 49ers, they're every bit as good as any other team in the NFC. You've been saying for a few weeks now you thought Nick Bosa was Defensive Player of the Year. I didn't see anything that dissuaded me nope. from that on Thursday night against Seattle. Man, he, he is. He is dominant right now. Number four, a team that really blasted the 49ers when they played out there earlier this year was Kansas City. I'm honoring that head-to-head, but Kansas City barely escaped uh, again against Houston. You've been concerned about this group for a while. You told me I should put the Bengals ahead of them. Obviously, I did because we haven't mentioned the Bengals yet. Uh, Your thoughts on the Chiefs? They just didn't play a very good game yesterday. They were very lucky to survive against Houston. Patrick Mahomes played unbelievable, and they needed him to to win that game. It's a very flawed team with a great coach and a great quarterback, and that'll get them maybe to the Super Bowl once again. But make no mistake about it, this is not the same Chiefs team that we saw like in 2020 or 2021 or 2019 when they won the Super Bowl. It's just not that caliber of team. Do you think that they are clearly the third best team in the AFC? Mm. I don't know if they're clearly the third best team, but they're certainly not head and shoulders above any team. Yeah. uh, By the way, this is the 60th anniversary of the Texans and Houston, which was the Dallas Texans. Uh, playing in the AFL championship game in one of the craziest games in NFL history, and the Dallas Texans became the Kansas City Chiefs. I only mention that because my dad was glued to the TV for that Houston Oilers-Dallas Texans game. And again, the Oilers, now you have the Houston Texans, and now the Dallas Texans are the Kansas City Chiefs. So if you're confused, let me know. But today was my dad's birthday. He would have been 81 today, Hmm. uh, and he was a big Dallas Texans fan, and then they became Kansas City in 63. And uh, I think my dad, had he lived to see the Chiefs be this good for this many years in a row, he would have just been thrilled. Because let me tell you, man, when I was a kid, the Chiefs were never on TV. They sucked so bad in the 80s, Marcus. It wasn't until Marty Schottenheimer got there that they finally got competitive. Um, But they were one and done. They were kind of like the the 90s Chiefs were kind of like this era's Cowboys. You know, you talk about them, they'd be good, and then they wouldn't go anywhere. Uh, frustrating. Thank you for Sorry, reminded me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, number three, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they've certainly earned this spot. You pointed out uh, to me on the phone earlier today that they're going to be playing a really big game at Buffalo. Um, Joe Burrow certainly deserves MVP mention. I think you and I both still have Jalen Hurts a nose ahead of him, or Patrick Mahomes a nose ahead of him, mm. but he's a strong three. And I think he could move himself into uh, the number one spot for the MVP. Yeah, and what's what's going to be tough about the Bengals going forward is they still have a shot to be the number one seed in the AFC, as you mentioned. But their next three games at New England, home against Buffalo, home against the Ravens, 
they're going to do it without their top two pass rushers. Trey Hendrickson has a fractured wrist. Mm. Sam Hubbard has a calf injury that's going to keep him out to the playoffs. I, I worry about that defense if they can't create pressure with their front four. Still pretty impressive to be on the road, uh, to be Down getting 17. shut out. Yeah. yeah, and nothing's going right, and then dominate the second half. Yep. You know, they didn't just like it was so like the the Jags were down seventeen, but that game ended up going to overtime, and it was a you know a real tug of war. This one wasn't. Cincinnati right. just took off in the second half, and Tampa Bay never got back in the game. Um, Cincinnati won by two scores. Uh, okay, uh, number two, the Buffalo Bills. We saw them play against Miami. Josh Allen had a big game in bad weather. My question to you is, can Josh Allen perform like that every game or close close to that level, game in and game out? Or are we going to get another two turnovers in the red zone, Josh Allen, that's going to deep six this team's Super Bowl hopes? That's my concern with them. It's a fair concern, but I think you saw on Saturday why home field advantage is going to be so important oh, for bet. Buffalo. Because – I think there's no quarterback in the league better built to play in cold weather than Josh Allen between his arm strength, his huge hands, uh, his running ability. And if they can get home field advantage and it's, you know, five degrees in Buffalo and there's snowing, I, I don't see, I don't see the Bengals walking in there and beating them. I, I just don't. So to answer your question, yeah, I, I, I think Josh Allen can do it. I think this is his year to do it. I hope so. I'd love to see the Bills in the Super Bowl. I think that would be fantastic. It's been a long time uh, since they've been there, and, of course, they've never won. They did win back-to-back titles in the AFL, but that was in 64 and 65 against the Chargers of all teams. Okay, uh, number one, the Philadelphia Eagles played a tough game against Chicago. These games are going to happen. We can't expect the Eagles to win every game, you know, 40 to 19 or going away. Um, you know, Chicago hung in there with them and Philadelphia held them off. And I really liked what Jalen Hurts said after the game, uh, besides the fact that he said he was going to listen to Anita Baker and get in the cold tub or whatever. But he, um, <laughs> he just said, Hey, you know, I, I think this is a good win, you know, cause things weren't going our way mm-hmm. and we still took care of business. And I agree with that. It, it's one thing to dilly dally with teams every single week. It's another thing if you occasionally have these tough games and, you know, uh, on the road and you have to eke it out. But the point, important point is the Eagles did pull away in the fourth quarter. Chicago got a late touchdown to make it a one score game. But did this game concern you at all? No, absolutely not. Actually, it impressed me, right? Can you win ugly on the road in a game that your quarterback doesn't play particularly well? The answer is yeah. They they can. Um, they're going to have an opp- shoulder. Yeah, and he might miss a game or two. They're going to be really cautious here with basically the one seed locked up. Eagles have a really good team. It, if they don't get to the Super Bowl, I think it's going to be a massive disappointment at this stage. Yeah, I mean, I I think the NFC Championship we should all hope for is 49ers Eagles. That's really I what it should watch. be. I, I, what's that? You won't watch. <laughs> I know who you'll be going for if they play. You, um, yeah, I, I tell you this. I want Jalen Hurts and Debo to be healthy. I want to see these teams at relatively full strength playing each other. Um, you know, um, I like to see when the best teams – it makes our it makes our regular season more important and poignant 
when the best teams end up making the Super Bowl. I don't like when a six seed gets super hot. I don't want the 2012 Ravens. Uh, that's mm-hmm. not what I'm looking or the 2011 Giants. Um, that's what I don't like. So I'm really hoping these two teams uh, at least are healthy. And if someone knocks them off, fine. But but um, I, I don't want them to lose because they were all banged up. That's for sure. Anyway, those are the rankings. Again, the top five. And again, I think these teams are very much in their own class. 49ers at five, Chiefs at four, Bengals at three, Bills at two, Eagles at one. Now I have a couple things for you. Um, so Marcus was in a really bad spot this weekend. I'm sure you guys all know why. It's because Pittsburgh went to Carolina and won. Marcus really wanted Carolina to win. It had nothing to do with uh, throwing it deep 40 yards on third and 10 when you could make another team force uh, force them to use their timeout and win. Anyway, so my brother, in his infinite wisdom, really wanted Marcus to have the gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And so Marcus is now an official member. Do you want to tell people what you're? Yeah, I am an official member of the Jelly of the Month Club, (laughs) and let me tell you, what a present, man! I, 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 I I couldn't have been more surprised if my head was sewn to the floor tomorrow morning. Like it just—it was so exciting. I opened it up. I smelled all the different jellies and the jams in there. Uh, What a gift! So shout out to Elliot's brother. Which one did you uh, go with first? Which uh, jelly? Oh, I went with the apple butter on a piece of toast. Now, you were telling me there was one that was really weird sounding that you wanted to try. I mean, these weren't just like normal. This wasn't just like raspberry There was jam like a cucumber mint, I think, that I wanted to try. I think I might go with the, the onion. There's like an onion. Uh, oh, what was it called? Some kind of onion French jam. onion? Yeah, yeah it's kind of like that. But I think that would be like really good on a cracker. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm surprised that you have jelly on toast without any kind of peanut butter. Or okay, that's just butter. weird, though. Why is that weird? Because you don't peanut you butter and jelly, jelly is weird. You want the jelly to be the star. You don't want it to to mix the flavors, right? The reason why you put it on toast is because toast is bland, so you can really ab- absorb that jelly taste. You're the first person that's ever been like, yeah, peanut butter and jelly is weird. Not on toast, though. You're, you're so false on this. So false. All right. So, you know, you were talking about you were making fun of Southern California. You're making fun of LA. Well, just for your donuts. That's all. Okay. So I'm out walking the dog. And uh, this happened today. I'm out walking the dog. This woman comes up to me. And she's got like a, a th- like a sign-up thing for some petition that's going around or whatever. And... I, I, you know, she asked me like what my permanent home is or whatever. And I said, Dallas, and that's where I'm from. And uh, she said, oh, really? She goes, you know, my nephew played for the Cowboys, you know, and I've heard this kind of thing before where somebody will tell me that, you know, that their, their friend or someone they went to college with or whatever played for, you know, whoever. But she said, no, my nephew, I go, your nephew. She goes, yeah. She goes, he he's retired now, but he played for him. And I'm a, I'm like, she, she looked at me kind of like, you probably never heard of him. And I said, well, who, who's your nephew? I worked for the NFL. I mean, this is just me and a lady out in the middle of a residential street. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not wearing any football gear. I'm honestly, I was picking up my dog poop and I dropped the poop roll, the little bag roll. Yeah. By the way, those things are really hard to get open sometimes. Like you rub them with your hands. Yeah. It's gotta be a better method. 
anyway, so she goes, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but yeah, he played with him for a little while. She goes, his name's Orlando Scandrick. Yes. I'm like, your nephew's Orlando, Orlando Scandrick? And she said, yeah, he played corner for them for 10 years. And she goes, I've heard, she goes, I've heard that that's actually a pretty good career for a corner. And I said, it's an outstanding career for a corner. And then, so I, of course, me being a nerd, I said to her, I go, well, your, your nephew actually played a really difficult corner position. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, he played slot corner mostly for the Cowboys. And I said, that's actually harder. And, and then of course I like showed her the sidewalk and I said, imagine that's the sideline. I said, when you play corner on the edge, <laughs> you have the sideline as your friend. Whereas when you play the slot, like Orlando Scandrick did, they could go either way. The receiver, she just looked at me for a second and I said, okay, I'll stop talking now. <laughs> Did you uh did you ask ask her if uh she's ready to make a little bit of a comeback because the Cowboys have some corner problems right now? Uh, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. Um should I ask him about his was, nickname, Oscar the uh, Oscar the Grouch. He was always so uh, grouchy. She was way cool. She was way cool. She was wearing these NASA sweatpants that were sweet. I mean, uh, they were sweet. And uh anyway, after I tried to went through my little spiel about him being a slot corner. You know, I was trying to like impress her about her nephew, you know, like that, mm-hmm. that he was a good player. And she just looked at me and she goes, well, I went to one of his games and he got hurt. <laughs> and I didn't know how to follow that up. And she goes, yeah, it kind of stunk. And uh, anyway, I just thought it was the most random thing ever that I ran into Orlando Scandrick's aunt picking up my dog's poop today. Uh Yeah. There you go. What do you think it's of that? 2012 when he got hurt, but yeah. Remember he started out and he, he had a hard time at first. He had yeah. a real hard time and Cowboys yeah. fans were all over him. And then he ended up being a really, he's a, a lot like uh you know who that's injured right now. Anthony Very Brown. similar. Yeah. yeah. Career path. Uh, I didn't want to say his name because I thought you were going to get all depressed again because well, I mean, I'm, his... I'm already there. And Jordan Lewis, Jordan Lewis is another player that got, Fans didn't like for a while, developed into a pretty good slot corner. Now he's not there. I think Brown's absence is really hurting this team, yeah, though, right now. Uh, so thank you that was that's that my <laughs> that's, oh gosh, depressed. But my my therapist told me I need to Marcus. focus more uh, to, on the positives in life and forget about the negative things. But I just can't think of anything positive right now. So well, I always tell you to recognize your abundance, and I tried to tell you that on Sunday. And you said, yeah, you know, I said, look, you did your two-year-old just had a birthday party. It went great. And, you know, you have a wonderful family. And you said, yeah, I don't care. I just can't believe that they throw it deep on <laughs> third I, I said, this, I said, there's going to be plenty more birthdays. I just, there's not going to be <laughs> more cowboy seasons like this. <laughs> uh, I got a stat uh, for you before we go. You ready? All right. Is this count as your final word? Yes. Or do you have a final, final word, word after this final word? Okay. Here's the list of wide receivers in NFL history who had three straight seasons of at least a thousand yards to start their career. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. John Jefferson, good player. Mm-hmm. Joey Galloway, Randy Moss, mm-hmm. Deshaun mm-hmm. Jackson, AJ Green, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, Michael Thomas, Justin Jefferson. CD Lamb. Well, so what? What is the takeaway from that? That you love CD Lamb? Uh, well, only one guy from pre nineties, right? Kind of shocking, right? 
Well, okay, that's a. I'm just going to say that's a little, a little bit misleading because Chris Collinsworth would have easily done it had they not only played nine games in '82 due to the strike. Yeah, he would have had way over a thousand yards that year. Um, he would have easily done it. Um, I think there was a guy that that I'd have to check the stats that would have done. I mean, there's a strike in '87. Also, they only played 12 games, but it's still. I still get your point that uh, you'd think there'd be more guys. But Chris Collinsworth, I say this all the time to people, like Chris Collinsworth was a really good player, like really, really good. Not kind of good. I mean, like awesome player. Uh, He just didn't have a long career, but he would have easily done that. You probably think that I made this stat up to praise C.D. Lamb, which is true for the most part, because that's (laughs) what I wanted to post on Twitter. (laughs) But I really did it for Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson has almost 4,700 yards through three seasons. Like, nice. I, I don't think people appreciate, like, the kind of start Justin Jefferson is off to. Like, he is on for, like, a, had to have an historical, historically great career. And because we've got, you know, a few other receivers that are playing really well, like Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs and A.J. Brown, I don't think we talk about just how awesome Jefferson has been so far. I think that I think that's totally fair. I mean – it kind of stinks because it makes older players look so bad, but I mean, gosh, a lot of these guys play 12 game seasons, you know, and there are other factors involved and the rules changes just make it so much easier now than it used to be. So I I don't want to take any way away, anything away from him though, man. I mean, he is fantastic. There's, you know, what's funny about around it, Back to John Jefferson. So he had three straight thousand yard seasons to start his career, scored double digit touchdowns in all of those. Mm-hmm. And then for the rest of his career, he had a combined 11 touchdowns, never went over 800 yards in a season again. Yeah. He got traded to Green Bay. Uh, he was in a contract uh, issue with the Chargers. The owner, Gene Klein, a car dealer magnet, uh, did not want to pay him more money. So they traded him, and they traded Fred Dean, their best pass rusher. Fred Dean went to the 49ers, helped them win a Super Bowl. John Jefferson went to the Packers, and he just never – I think his best year – you're looking at his stats right now. I, have I think right his here. best year was like 880-something yards in 1983, right? Yeah, Wasn't that eight, like – 830 and seven touchdowns. Um, which is a nice year, but it's – a fun year. You know, but, but he was a back-to-back all-pro selection with the Chargers in 79 and 80. And then just to score 11 touchdowns the rest of your career is yeah. pretty shocking. Uh, just real quick on Collinsworth. Collinsworth had 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns as a rookie and helped the Bengals get to the Super Bowl. Uh, he was named offense, or, excuse, second in the Offensive uh, Rookie of the Year voting, and he was second-team All-Pro as a rookie, which is hard to do at wide receiver. Uh, 82. He had 700 yards in nine games uh, mm-hmm. with a strike. That's a that's a really good year he right was on there. Pace that's, to do it. Yep. Yeah, he was second team All Pro that year. Uh, and then 1983 came back, uh, 1130 yards, five touchdowns. He only played 14 games because of injury that year. Uh, 1100 yards in 14 games is a good year. Uh, again, second team All Pro uh, that year as well. So. I don't think people realize – I mean, would you agree with me that most people don't realize that Chris Collinsworth, they probably know that he played, but not to the level that he played. How many, how many wide receivers have started out their first three years and been second-team All-Pro? Associated Press. I know. 
It is shocking that Chris Collinsworth only scored 36 career touchdowns in his career. Yeah, they had a big bulldozing back named Pete Johnson that scored a lot. And they had other players. They had a good tight end. They had another good receiver named Isaac Curtis. Um, it was a weird deal. He almost went to the USFL. Chris Collinsworth did. I think he inked a deal with them. Um, but uh, Chris Collinsworth had like four or five 1,000-yard seasons uh, in the league. But injuries kind of cut him short, and he only played eight years in the NFL. His last game was Joe Montana's comeback against the Bengals in the Super Bowl. Um, Collinsworth was out of the league at 29. Was it surprised you to know that Nate Washington has eight more touchdowns than Chris Collinsworth? Uh, which Nate Washington? With the Titans, Steelers. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. How about Lee Evans? Lee. All right, you're going to start comparing new guys to old guys. How about it's Nate Burleson has more touchdowns? <sighs> Kenny, Kenny Stills. Yeah. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. I got to get this podcast up. Can we go now? Like, sure. is that is that cool? Um, by the way, I just want you to know also, real quick, Bob Hayes, first three years, he missed a thousand yards by two yards. Two yards. They didn't play 16 games back then. He had 998. So, and he had a ton of touchdowns, an absolute ton. I don't know how many he had the first three years. Bob Hayes, but like 30-something. So I just want you to stick that in your pipe and smoke it. So anyway, yeah, we're good. We're going to go. Marcus is a member of Jelly of the Month Club. I all rec- I, re- I recommend to all of you guys look it up online. It'll help you get over losses by front-running teams. Uh, that's what Marcus mm. is going to use it for. It's true, but it hurts. I, I, I uh, or it hurts, but, it tr- but it's true. I, look, I didn't like it any more than you did, brother. So there we go. That's all I got to say. He's the host of uh, Locked On Cowboys with Landon McCool. Give Landon a follow, even though Landon never promotes our work. And uh, he covers the Raiders for USA Today. He's a huge member of the Trevor Lawrence fan club now. He uh, writes for PFF. You can find him at Marcus underscore Mosher. I am at Harrison NFL. We hope you guys enjoyed a really great weekend of NFL football. And we will talk to you on Wednesday with our picks. Take care, everybody. Thank you.